Okay, so tomorrow we begin our three weeks of prayer and fasting. And as you came in, you were given a leaflet um, with details of how to pray. And uh, we'll look at that towards the end. So I'm going to take the opportunity today to talk about prayer and to talk about fasting. And as I was praying this morning, um, I really felt that God said, uh, one thing he said is setting the environment. We need to set the environment in which we hear God, set the environment for God to move in, and set the environment for those who are Franks, those who need to hear the Lord. So we're going to look um, a little bit at those three different things. So first of all, I just want to begin by talking about setting the environment at home. You know, Alan, last week, he talked about um, goals. He talked about resolutions. And one of the, the goals he talked about is your spiritual goal. And he spent quite a bit of time talking about uh, the word and um, uh, was that last Sunday? Yeah, about the word and um, getting into the word and he started a new Bible reading plan. How many of you in here have started a new Bible reading plan? How many of you are intentional that you're going to keep doing it every day and get to the end? Because that's one of the big keys is that sometimes with resolutions, we make such massive resolutions, we just don't know how to accomplish it. But when you have goals that you break down into small parts, it makes it easier. It makes them more measurable. And, you know, uh, we found, Alan and I are reading a reading plan together, and a, a couple of other people have seen what we're doing, and they're joining in as well. But just whatever you're doing, I just encourage you to keep that daily habit of getting into the Word. Even if you just sit and read two, three verses and meditate over them, you're getting into the Word, and the Word is life. It's life. It's active. It's good for you. It's like a, a pastor's prescription. You know, we need to write, take a daily dose of the Word. You know, because it's good for you, it's life, it's good for your body, it's good for your bones, it's good for your heart, it's good for cleansing. The word is so powerful. So if we are going to get into the word, we need to just look at our daily discipline. What are we doing on a daily basis? And this is just a few pointers to help you. Maybe this is something that you've decided this year, I'm really going to make that time to be with the Lord. Maybe this is something you do already. Hopefully lots of you do it already as well. Um, so just going to cover it for those of you who, maybe this is new. Maybe I just need a little bit of encouragement what to do. So the first thing is to find a time during the day when you're not going to be interrupted. You know, I think uh, that's different. It moves. It doesn't have to be first thing in the morning. You know, and I say to young mums particularly, you know, it doesn't have to be. You don't have to get up an hour before your first child wakes at five in the morning. You don't have to do that. 
You can find time during the day and ask God to show you when. I strived to get up in the morning and every time I got up earlier, Abby would woke up, wake up earlier and earlier and earlier. And she still wakes up early, don't you, Abby? <laughs> Um, but I can't, I, can't, I can't do as early as Abby, not to get time with the Lord before. And so I asked the Lord, show me when. And I think all of us need to do that. Lots of us have shift patterns where our days change, and it makes it quite difficult to put a daily discipline in. The Lord will show you. He will help you. So ask him when. And then what do you need? What tools do you need? Well, you need your Bible. These days, we, we, are, we use our phones a lot, and we use our iPads a lot, but I want to really encourage you, use your paper copy, because you can scribble in it, you can underline in it. You know, when you go, where was that scripture again? Oh yeah, it was halfway through on the right-hand side. Yes. But you can't do that in an iPad or, on a, or in a tablet or on a phone. But you can do that here. And there's something about holding the Bible, for me anyway. It's like, you know, this is life. I don't know, I like it. I like touching it and holding it and, and, and looking at it and just flicking to, oh yeah, it says that here. So have this and then get a journal. Have a journal with you. Um, you know, whatever suits you. So you can get fancy ones, you can go and get cheap ones. Um, just, just have a journal that you can write in it. So, um, you know, and put the date and write what God says to you in it. People use journals in different ways. Um, but get a journal, have a pen. Make sure you've got your pen to write with. Don't use a pencil because pencil fades over time. And you need to be able to go back and see what God has said. Okay? Um, and I've got all my journals from years and years and years ago at home. I haven't thrown any of them out. And, you know, from time to time, I do get them out. And I look at them, and I remember what God said when we came to Manchester 20 years ago, or different situations. So I just encourage you, keep a journal. Um, have your reading plan. So we've talked about reading plan as well. So that's your tools. You could also, if you're the kind of person who goes, yeah, but I've got all this, this is great, but I keep getting all these things in my head, have another piece of paper on the side. And when it comes into your head, what shall I have for dinner tonight? Just scribble dinner. I've got to phone Betty, scribble Betty. Whatever it is, so that you, you, you haven't forgotten it, but it's there on the side so you can focus on the Lord. And then, third thing, cut out the noise. Make sure there are no distractions. Turn your phone off. If you need to... Um, Take your phone off the hook. If you know people could phone you during the day, take it off the hook. Um, and just put things away. I like a clear space when I have my time with the Lord. And if it's messy, I want to tidy it up first. So I make sure I go to an area that's already tidy. And in fact, I often clean it the night before so that it's ready for me in the morning. But what gets, what distracts you? What gets in the way? Because you need to cut that noise out. Turn the TV off. 
don't have it on in the background because it will be attractive to you. Just turn it off. You know, some people like to have quiet worship music on, fine. But what distracts you? Cut that out. And then Hebrews 12, 1 to 2, it says to throw off the hindrances. And you know, when there is sin in our life, the enemy loves to come to us and say, God doesn't want to meet with you. He doesn't want to meet with you. And that's a lie. And our flesh inside, we go, I've done it wrong again. Does God really love me? Will he really want to spend time with me? He's going to tell me off, isn't he? You know, that's not what our God is like. Our God is not a harsh judge that says, what do you think you were doing? You know, when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, God waited till the end of the day. He waited till the end of the day and he came like he always did to come to walk with them and to have a relationship with them. He could, at the moment they sinned, open heaven, come in a flash of lightning and go, what are you doing? But he didn't. Because all the time God is seeking for relationship with you and with me. And he, he says, no, come to me. And he said very gently to them, he asked them what they'd done. And you know, you know when you've done something wrong, don't you? And what's the answer? You repent. It's not, you know, you just say, Lord, I'm sorry I mucked up again. Or I really, I shouldn't have said that in the way I did to someone. And you repent. We should be quick to repent. So we throw off the hindrances. Do not let the enemy stop you meeting with God. That is what he'll do. He'll, he'll want you to stop reading the word and he'll want you to stop praying. Because if you stop reading the word and if you stop praying, he's broken your connection with God. Okay? And your relationship is so important. So throw off the hindrances. There's no need to feel ashamed if you come to the Lord and you repent quickly and he will forgive you. Okay. And then meditate on the word. You know, as you go through the word, you know, a few years ago we talked about soap. Those of you who are here will remember where you read your scripture, you ask God to reveal himself to you, you observe, S-O, now we're on O, observe, what stood out to you today and then you say how can I apply that so scripture observe observation application and then you pray you pray that over your life and that's the best way to meditate on the scripture really is to take it and go what are you saying to me Lord Holy Spirit show me reveal to me the word today and really get it so that it's part of you John 8:32 says, "Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free." And the original text says, "The truth that you know." And if we don't read the word, we don't know what it says. So it's really important to get into the word and ask the Lord for that fresh revelation. 
So then the journal, write down what God said to you. Listen, take time to hear from him. You know, lots of us write down our prayers. You know, I'm asking God for this. Well, I don't use my journal in that way. I have, I have a, another thing I'll, I'll tell you about in a minute. But this, this is me going, I write down, if a scripture jumps out to me, I'll write it down in here. And what was God saying? But then I also take time to sit and listen and say, Lord, what are you saying to me today? And I just start, my dear child, and then just write what he says, because he wants to speak to you. It says, my sheep hear my voice, and you are his sheep. And so our expectation should be that we will hear his voice. And then pray in tongues. Pray in tongues. You know, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you have the gift of tongues, then pray in tongues. It edifies you. It builds you up. It's like a spiritual muscle. We need to keep exercising it. And, um, you know, if you don't pray in tongues regularly, I want to challenge you. Start with five minutes a day. Do that for a week. You know, we need to first do exercises. You know, I've been swimming lately, going swimming quite a lot. The first time I got in the pool I could manage 10 lengths see I'm not very healthy but you see now I go regularly I can do more and more and more and it's the same with praying in tongues that you know it's like a spiritual muscle if you're feeling dry if you're feeling you know pray in tongues because it will build you up it will edify you so start with five minutes a day you know then work to 10 work up to 15 I say work up to 15 by the time you get to 15 minutes a day you find that during the day you spontaneously start praying in tongues because it's become a habit and you keep doing it and um, it's good it's very good and I have something else that Last year, or two years ago, I think it was two years ago actually, um, I was uh, uh, praying one morning. And you know, as a pastor, I have lots of people to pray for. So I have all of you for a starter. And then I have my family, and I have my family that live in Horsham, and I have family that's now abroad, and I have friends as well that aren't part of this church, other pastors and people who say, will you pray? And we've got Gleason and Marina in London and Matthew and Fina in Bradford and we've got those churches. And I was feeling a bit kind of, you know, Lord, how do I pray for everybody? And he spoke to me about, um, you know, when the high priest went in, if you read in, in the beginning of the Bible, when the high priest went in to the Holy of Holies, he took the names of the tribes in with him on the front of his garment. And when he stood in that place and he worshipped God, he had, he carried the whole of Israel with him. And so I have a book here, and in this book are lots of names of people. And when I worship God, I take this book with me, and worship is very much a part of my time with the Lord. 
and I hold it before the Lord. I don't do it all the time. So, and I worship. As I worship God, I'm bringing everybody to him. And there are times when I open it up and I feel, I, you know, I pray for different people and I, I lay hands on it. There's people in here who need healing. You know, different people, it gets added to and I will pray for them. Um, so it's not, it's a living, it's a living, you know, it's a living thing. And it's just something I felt that God said to me, I don't know if anybody will find that helpful if you've got lots of people to pray for. Because when you have your time with the Lord, it's for you. And one of the dangers is that you end up praying for everybody else and you don't actually spend time seeking God for yourself. And, you know, at the end of my time with the Lord, that's when I, Lord, who do you want me to pray for today? And sometimes I worship and sometimes I pray for individuals. But uh, we're asking you, is that okay? I've done that very, very quickly. And if that was too fast, please get the podcast, listen to it, press pause, and, and just think about it. And if you want to come and say to me or one of the other leaders, okay, I, can you just tell me again and help me? How do I hear God? Then there's lots of people here who will be willing to sit down, talk with you, and, and spend time with you and just go over it in a bit more detail. So Matthew 6.16 says, when you fast. So there is an expectation from Jesus. He said, when you pray, this is what you do. And he says, when you fast, this is what you do. And um, we're in a time where we're waiting, aren't we? We're waiting for the Jesus to come back again. And this is a time for us to pray. And we're just going to look at some benefits of fasting. So let's just start in Isaiah 58. Have you got your Bibles with you? We're just going to look at the true fast. From verse 6. It says, Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, Here am I. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, and your light will rise in the darkness, and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You'll be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You'll be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. I mean, the whole chapter, uh, that's just part of it. It's a very powerful chapter. 
what a true fast is. A fast isn't losing weight. Fast isn't a, I've got to, um, you know, some of the, the monks used to um, lash themselves with whips and make themselves bleed because they felt they needed to be in pain and, and stuff. That's not what it's about because God's come to bring us freedom. Um, but it's about bringing freedom and release. And you know, there's something extremely powerful about fasting. And I was reminded of that um, at the end of last year when I went to a conference of how powerful fasting is. Um, uh, Ten years ago, because this year we're celebrating 20 years uh, of the church, but ten years ago when the two churches merged, in the time running up to it, all the leaders in, in the Kingdom Faith part, we were fasting every day, uh, every week, once a day, every week, praying for the next thing. And then the merger came. Two years ago, we had a time of uh, prayer and fasting here. We prayed for three weeks. And at the end of that, we had a financial breakthrough here in the church. That's just two instances um, there's something powerful about fasting. So we're just going to have a look at the benefits of fasting. So number one, fasting creates a new hunger. When you fast, because the fast in the, in the Word, in the Bible, is about fasting food. So when you fast, you become hungry. Now I'm not talking about skipping breakfast and having a late lunch. <laughs> I'm, at, I'm talking about deliberately, deliberately fasting a meal and taking that time to pray. Because there's no point fasting if you're not going to pray. Fasting and prayer goes together. But you, you need to... So don't, don't have a breakfast and say, I'll eat lunch at four o'clock. If you're going to skip lunch, you skip lunch. But you pray. And it's really interesting. If you take that lunch hour and pray, you won't actually think about food because you're praying. You're praying into what God is showing you. But we do get hungry. And there is a fresh hunger that comes as you continue your fast. There's a fresh hunger for him. You know, I find that reading the Bible is addictive. I... Um, some of Alan said last week, I read the Bible in 90 days at the beginning of last year, and then I read it all again. In fact, I've got two more days left of that plan to do. But I want to do it. It's like this addiction of I need to get hold of the Word. And there is a hunger that comes if you, when you come. It's a benefit. There is a hunger, a spiritual hunger that happens. Fasting creates a hunger. Okay, two, fasting increases sensitivity to God. So Anna, with a story of Anna, uh, the prophet Tess, who when Jesus, when Jesus' parents brought Jesus seven days afterwards, was it seven days afterwards, into the temple? Eight days, whatever days, how many days it is, sorry, I haven't looked it up. Um, the prophetess recognized straight away that this was the Messiah. There was something special about this baby. 
she had developed such a keen sensitivity that the, the, the minute they walked in, she knew. And she sought the baby out. I don't know about you, but I want to have such a sensitivity to the spirit that I know things ahead of time, that I can respond ahead of time, that I'm listening ahead of time and I'm aware there's something not right here, there's something that needs to change. Oh, this is what God was speaking about. I want to have such a sensitivity. Um, a few, a long time ago now, when our children were younger, we went through a period of time when we didn't have a TV license. Now, this is before you could have Netflix and all of that lot. And if you didn't have a TV license, there was nothing to watch except the videos. If you put on your VCR, on your recorder, there was no internet to get anything from or anything like that. This was the back in the day is the phrase, isn't it? Back in the day. For three months, we didn't have a TV license, and all we did was watch Beauty and the Beast over and over and over and over and over again. No, it seemed like it, but um, um, the point is, when, when we got the license back, and we started to watch, do you know, we started to watch things, and we didn't like it at all. We thought, why are we watching that? That is not godly. That is not right. Because we hadn't been watching the TV, actually, we had developed much more of a sensitivity to the Lord because we weren't feeding our flesh. And sometimes we have to, it's good, I would say, if you want to take a media fast for three weeks, it's a challenge, try it. Try it. You know, only use the computer for work or for studying and, and see. It's, uh, Facebook's quite addictive, you know, and uh, lots of people actually take a January break from Facebook. Um, yeah, anyway, we need that sensitivity, and fasting does that. Three, fasting works humility. When we fast, we're denying ourselves things that satisfy us. And so we find ourselves more dependent on the Lord. You know, we want to spend time with him. We know we need to pray. And our flesh is confronted, isn't it? You know, I don't know about you, but in our house, we've still got chocolates and some biscuits and cheese. I've been eating cheese every single day to finish it. Today's the last day. It has to be eaten because I'm going to do a Daniel fast. But, um, uh, and I want to, to, but you know, my flesh, I know what my flesh will be like in a week's time. It will be, I want some cheese, because I love cheese. You know, and Jesus, after 40 days, Jesus was tempted to use his position by the devil to create bread. But he responded in Matthew 4.4, 4, he says, Man does not live on bread alone, but on what? Every word that comes from the mouth of God. We need this to be more necessary in our life than a, than a piece of bread, than, than rice, than milk. We need this to be more important to us than, you know, that weekly curry that we have or, you know, the takeaway that we have or whatever it is. You know, we need to crave God more. Number four, fasting, it disciplines us. 
You know, when, when children are disobedient um, or irresponsible, we often take things from them, don't we? We'll say you can't play with that toy or you can't meet with that friend or you're grounded, you know, you've got to stay in for a week, you can't go out, whatever it is, or a privilege, you take a privilege away. It's part of a learning process. It's part of disciplining. You know, when you're fasting and you're more sensitive to the Spirit, it is a time when God shows you areas in your life that need to change, areas that need to come back under his authority that maybe you are you're starting to rule instead of God starting to rule. So it disciplines us. Five. It changes our appetite. It breaks our daily routine. It overcomes uh, past cravings and restores or renews a fresh and a new appetite. You know, if you've got habitual sin or if you've got something that you're finding it, finding really difficult to, to handle, this is an opportunity at the beginning of this fast to say, God, I want to see this broken. I want to see this broken. I need you to change my appetite in this area so that my appetite is for you. We want to be more like him, don't we? Yeah? yeah. So fasting changes our appetite. Yeah. It increases our capacity. And I was thinking about Esther this morning. So you can read about this in, in uh, the whole book of Esther. Go and read about her. But in uh, 4 verse 16, she's asked if she will go to the king and stand on behalf of the Jews. And she turns and she says, Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my maids will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. See, she was asking people to pray. There was a fear of this man. And she needed to overcome fear. The fear of entering into this king's presence without being asked. The fear of death. And what did it do? It increased her capacity. Increased her capacity for self-sacrifice. That I will put myself before others. And it also gave her wisdom in how she dealt with the situation. I haven't got time to go into that now, which is why I'm saying, if you don't know the story of Esther, I'd really encourage you to go and read it. positions us for increase and I think this is really important for 2017 for this year for this church and I wish I could tell you what the vision is but I said to Alan I'll be a good girl but um, <laughs> it positions us for increase you know and with Franks with inviting people to come our expectation should be increase I want to increase. I want my capacity to grow. And this is what fasting does because it shows you areas you need to let go of. Why? Because God wants to build capacity in your life so that you can do more. Ten years ago, when we merged these two churches together, 
I mean, I could preach on a Sunday and that was great. I never considered that I would have to stand up and preach 12, 12 lectures in a weekend at a training centre. But I can do that without thinking about it now. Why? Because my capacity has grown. And you see, and fasting enables that capacity. I need to get through these quickly. Seven, fasting brings answers to prayer. So let's just have a look at Isaiah 58. We, we've just read it. So I just want you to turn, look at verse 9. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here I am. Okay? So sometimes a fast brings a quick answer. We need that time to set that time aside and a quick answer comes. Why? Because we're more sensitive. Do you know, God never stops speaking, but we need to be more sensitive to what he's saying. And then staying in Isaiah 58, at verse 8, the one before, fasting leads to quick healing. It says, uh, then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. I just want to encourage you, because some sickness is linked to oppression or de depression, you know. And we see, it says at the beginning, fasting brings freedom from oppression. And for some of us, <coughs> fasting will receive our healing. So just lay that before the Lord. Nine, fasting opens the door to God's protection and provision. Um, again, that's the same scripture. It follows after healing, then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Okay, so fasting brings protection. Ten, fasting looses chains of injustice. So let's just look back at verse six. It says, is this not the kind of fasting I've chosen to loose the chains of injustice? And that's not just for you, that's for others. And sometimes when we take a, a time of fasting, it's a time for us to pray for others, to see breakthrough in their lives. Okay? Two more. Are you okay? Fasting frees the oppressed and breaks every yoke. So again, it says that in verse 6. It says, and tie the cords of the yoke to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. You know, as we fast, we need to take our eyes off ourselves and we need to look out. We need eyes of compassion. And sometimes with fasting, that's what you need to do. Lord, give me eyes to see. Give me eyes to see that I have your heart and your compassion. I need to see a breakthrough, not for me here, but in this family that I'm praying for, or this situation, because God wants to break the yoke. And sometimes we have to stand in the gap for people. We need to stand in the gap, and we need to pray. Sometimes in our lives, there are things that become yokes, stress, fear, worry, turmoil, turmoil. And God wants to break these. And fasting, it's a great time for that to happen. And lastly, 12, fasting motivates us to provide food for the needy. 
Isaiah 58 verse 7, it says, is, is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? So if you've decided not to eat and you've still got food in your cupboards, you could choose to give it away. Because there's other people who are needy, who need it. Food bank. You know, can I say? We did, we did, we did, we did meet the weight of the mini. So I don't know what the goal is going to be this year, but we need to keep bringing the food to keep giving it away because there are people that are more needy than us. You know, even when Alan and I weren't getting a salary years ago when we first planted the church, we would try and give something away, even if we didn't have money. And I remember taking a can of beans out and giving a can of beans away, you know, because I want to continue to be generous. I want to always be generous. And don't make a big thing about it. Just give it. You don't go, oh, I'm fasting. Here, have my food. No. Just like prayer, you go into the closet. It's the same with fasting. You still make yourself look nice. You know, you still wash your hair and wear nice clothes or, you know, do what you usually do. But God knows that you are fasting and he will reward you. We're looking for an inward transformation, not an outward transformation. God brings an inward transformation when we fast. So, for me, I think fasting is powerful. I think fasting is such a powerful time. And I just want to encourage you. I know we've said to... to uh, we've done different things. We've said fast at least once meal a day or fast a whole day. I really want you before the Lord to go, Lord, what would you have me do? Don't go, what can I do? What am I capable of? Oh, I think I could do this. Say, Lord, what would you have me do? And he will show you what he'll have you do. Okay? And maybe it'll be two days. Maybe it'll be three days. Maybe it will be one meal a day. But we're just leaving it before you to, to let the Lord show you. And I know I shared this at an encounter recently. You know, when I came back from this conference, I was struck again about uh, the scripture from Matthew 9. Matthew 9. start from 35 it says Jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness when he saw the crowds he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd then he said to his disciples the harvest is plentiful but the workers are few Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. And I just want you to think about this scripture for a minute. You know, if we, if we don't go, if we don't go out to others, how are they going to know about the Lord? If we don't speak, how are they going to know? 
So I began, didn't I, saying setting the environment. So we looked at our own time with the Lord, setting an environment to, to meet with God. And then with fasting, this is setting an environment for change, for capacity, for increase, yeah. for breakthrough. But now we need to set the environment for the lost. for the people we're praying for to come to know him. And it says the harvest is plentiful, or it's abundant, it is ripe, it is ready. It's not just been sown, but it's, it's here, it's ready, or it's here, however high it goes. Who are the workers? When you pray, send out workers, who do you think you're praying for? You're praying for yourself. Send me, thrust me out. Thrust this whole church out. Thrust every Christian I know out. See, lots of us, we, we, we love God, but we're happy inside our four walls of church. And actually, we need to go out. And the word ask here, translated in the original text, means beg. On Jesus, Jesus, send us out, kick us up the backside, thrust us out, get us out there. Send out. Again, the original is stronger. It is thrust out. It means thrust out. Don't just, hey, off you go. No, thrust us out. Make us go. You know, we've got such a heart and such a compassion for the lost that we will go. The other word here is his. It's his harvest field. It's not ours. It's his field. It says the harvest field is his. It's his. You know, when you work for, if you work for a farmer and you go out and you, you, you harvest his field, what you've harvested doesn't become yours just because you went out and did it. It still belongs to the farmer. And that's the, the thing here. Salvation belongs to the Lord. We are just the workers. We're the workers. And he says, hey guys, I need you to go out and I need you to bring this harvest in for me. These are my people chosen them and I need you to go and so the praying is that begging come on more of us more of us more of us get that hunger that desire to go out and I just want to encourage you as you you're praying I know we've set in the the booklet we set it against the values each week together love works and there's different values for each one but as part of it, you know, what if every day we all prayed this prayer? Every day, send us out, thrust us out into the harvest field. You know, get those workers out there because the harvest is ripe and the harvest is ready and more of us need to go. And what are we doing? We're creating that environment ready for growth and increase. So, that's 
my three-part sermon. There's quite a lot in there, so I suggest you do get the, the download and listen to it. Um, but just to, to let you know, from f- for the fasting, the first week is together. So we're all coming together here, Monday to Friday, every evening, 7.30 for an hour. If, if you know, everybody's free to leave at 8.30, but if God's moving, then we'll, we'll continue to pray until it, we sense that this is the time for it to end. And then love. The second week is love. And we've based the prayer in your life groups. So speak to your life group leader. Um, if, you, um, if you're not in a life group or you don't know which life group to go to, contact your pastoral care team leader and they will uh, let you know where the prayer meetings are going on so you can join in and attend. And find out where your life group is and then um, works. We're going to come back here in that third week we're going to clean and as we clean we're going to pray how many people out there still iron I love ironing anyway uh, I love ironing there you go there's a little confession from me anyway when I iron I like to pray I listen to the word but I like to pray as well you know and so as we clean we're going to pray for different different um people groups, different areas in the church. Um, It's listed on your leaflet. Okay, so just close your eyes. I'm just going to take you through each part again. So the first part, we were just looking at spending time with the Lord. And, you know, if if you know that 2016... You were really bad at spending time with the Lord. You just, you didn't, it didn't work. You kept getting interrupted. It never clicked. Now's the time to just draw a line in the sand and go, okay, that was last year. Let's just leave it there. This is a new year. And just now, in your heart, just be purposeful. Be intentional. Lord, I'm going to spend time with you. I'm going to commit myself to spend time with you on a regular basis. And Lord, I'm expecting you to speak to me, to bring fresh revelation. I thank you that I'm your sheep and I hear your voice. And I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for really good times with you this year prayer fresh revelation I see change happen a hunger for the word as I read your word I thank you Lord thank you Father and now we're just going to turn to fasting and just now I just want you to listen to the Lord what he would say to you. Now, obviously, if you take uh, medication, then, uh, and if you're pregnant, uh, uh, you you will need to eat. So, just be wise in what your what your decisions that you make. But just now, ask the Lord to show you what to do. Just say, Lord, I'm committing myself to fasting over the next three weeks. And Lord, I pray that you show me when you want me to fast and how you want me to fast and just listen just listen
you, Lord. And Father, I just thank you for each one of us that as we commit this three weeks to you, I thank you that we're going to see chains broken. We're going to see oppression gone. We're going to see quick healing. We're going to see changes. We're going to see financial breakthroughs in people's lives. I thank you that each one of us, whatever it is, if there is freedom from habitual sin, I thank you, Lord, that we're going to see that. That there is going to be just such a hunger in this place for you to hear you and for your word and for breakthrough. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that you lead us in our times of prayer as well, as we're praying out uh, together as a church over particular areas and, and situations and people. I thank you, Father, that this will be an amazing time for us. And I thank you, Lord, for that increased capacity for World Harvest Bible Church. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Yeah, most of all, I just pray, Lord, that you send us out, that you thrust us out into your harvest field that's ripe and ready it's plentiful, that we won't miss opportunities that you have set up for us, that as we're fasting and as that we've got that greater sensitivity, we will respond quickly. We will know when it's you. And Father, I thank you that you give us the words to say. You give us the, the, the way to respond to people. Maybe it's just in a hug that somebody needs, that just touches their life. Lord, that we will respond with wisdom in the way that you show us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for this time of preparation in this church. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.